It took almost a year of me like preparing to write my GRE and all the other examinations, applying, interviewing, speaking to professors. It was a very long process and marathon. And sometimes it looks very easy, at least online. I mean, you don't really see the struggles, but I think it's also important to mention the struggles because someone might be down there like struggling and trying to just find their path and wondering when would it be over or why was it easier for other people. But sometimes it wasn't so easy, but we just persevere. Hello and welcome to season four of Tech Talks with Madonna. In this episode, I had the opportunity to dive into the dynamics world of data science and tech with our extraordinary guest, Anya Kemp. Anya Kemp has over three years of invaluable industry experience, her journey from Lagos, Nigeria, to earning a master's degree in computer science from the University of Denver in the United States, is a testament to her dedication and passion for the field. Anya Khan, I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Yes, yes you are. Cool. So for visuals, I have a white top today, blazer, and I have um, a top that has uh, black and red stripes. I feel like I've not worn this in forever, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> I know, I'm like, wow, where did I pick this? I have some lip, uh, red lipstick, which actually matches the top, and then my hair is laid down and I have my headphones. I like to mention about my hands because I do a lot of hand gestures, you'll just notice I don't yeah. know, I speak, I'm a hand gesture person, you know, like, look at me. <laughs> so I have, um, I went back to purple nail polish. I feel like I, I don't explore nail polish a lot, but that's me. How about yeah. you? <laughs> yeah, for visuals, I'm wearing a white sweater and um, my hair is in braids. Um, for my hands, I gesticulate a lot as well. And I'm on red nail polish. So that's me. Oh, so cute. Okay, please start by introducing yourself. Okay. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Anya Khan. I work as a data scientist. And I just graduated from my master's in computer science last summer, where I worked on research in AI and human robotic interaction. Prior to grad school, I had worked at startups as a data scientist in my home country, Lagos, Nigeria. I like to share my knowledge, so I have my blog, Anyakando.blog, where I share articles concerning tech, data, career, life, and just lessons I learned on my journey. So I'm really excited to be on this podcast because it's, it is another avenue for me to also share my journey with a wider and a different audience. So thank you so much, Madonna, for having me on your podcast. Oh my goodness, it's such an honor. And also want to say congratulations on graduating on your master's and let's dive into the questions I think you mentioned something that really is important that you come from Lagos Nigeria and I think one of the biggest questions I've always got is hey Madonna how can I from a different country like apply to schools in the United States or how can I get a job in the United States do you want to share how your journey was in this okay um thanks so much for that so I I'm actually from, and I was born in Akwaibom State, which is a smaller state in Nigeria. And I only moved to Lagos about five years back after my schooling, after my schooling experience. So to, to do grad school from Lagos, it was more like I was kind of thinking of the next step for me career-wise. I had decided that I wanted to go into data science and explore the field more, but I couldn't really see roles that would fit what I like to do you know, back home. So I decided, you know, I need to take my career to the next step. 
um, I decided grad school because I also wanted something challenging and it's always been something in my books given the family I come from. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, the internet is very powerful and it's one of the biggest gifts we have as a generation. So I use the internet to first look at people's stories. Okay, people that have gone ahead of me, what did they do? How did they do it? So I think it's very important, you know, that we share our stories because mm-hmm. just seeing someone that looks like you or has a similar path, you know, as you seeing them do something, it kind of makes it seem possible for you. Yeah. So I first did that. Then I, you know, did research on finding countries I would like to go to because back home in Nigeria, there weren't universities doing, you know, what I wanted to do at the time. So finding countries I would like to school in and then finding schools, reaching out to professors, you know, to get full funding. And that's how I got my, you know, that's how I landed myself in grad school. I mean, that's, that's, that's a quick summary. And it was a lot more difficult and longer than that. A lot of planning and preparation had to go into that. But like, I have more in-depth articles on my blog where I explain that. But in summary, I think using the internet, you know, to do research, speaking to people, listening to people's stories, asking questions, and having community around you that can just support you, I think it's very helpful, as well as doing the hard work as well, reading for exams and all those things. Oh, that is very true. I feel like that is something that we all forget, that it's it's okay to look for schools, but you have to be prepared. It's yeah. similar to jobs. It's okay yeah. to look for a job, but you have to be prepared. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it, it took a while. Like I, I mean, most times the graduation application season is the year before you intend to start. So like this fall season is the graduation application season most times for most schools to begin in fall. And so it took almost a year of me like preparing to write my GRE and all the other examinations, applying, interviewing, speaking to professors. It was a very long process and marathon. And sometimes it looks very easy, at least online. I mean, you don't really see the struggles, but I think it's also important to mention the struggles because someone might be down there like struggling and trying to just find their path and wondering when would it be over or why was it easier for other people? But sometimes it wasn't so easy, but just persevere wow yeah I mean that's a very good point I don't think it's ever easy yeah because there's a lot of work involved to applying for a school and even a job when you think about it wow and even getting to stay to get that scholarship itself or funding and then starting the journey well okay talk to us about AI robotics and robotics I I understand it's something that you're very passionate about I want to hear more because for some reason I've always gravitated towards robots. Like, I've, I mean, I like to mention this. I'm a very, very science fiction person. Like, I love science fiction. And if this, if if there was a book I ever wanted to write was a science fiction book, because yeah. I've always been, like, fascinated by tech. Oh, wow. By robotics, it's, it's something that I'm also interested in. And I was, in fact, telling my kids they need to start looking into how they can get into robotics. So yeah, talk to us more about that. Yes, robotics is so cool. Um, I didn't learn it in my undergrad or even where I was working in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. But while speaking with professors, you know, looking to do research with them, I met my advisor and um, that was his interest area. So he gave me some links to read up on it and see if it's something I was interested in. And I did the reading and I was like, yeah, why not? You know, I'm always up for a challenge. That's me. So I'm like, okay, something new, something challenging, sign me up. So it was a huge learning curve for me moving to a new country, starting school after like a few years being out of school and starting in a new field. A lot of people expected me to do my master's in data science, but I didn't do that because mm-hmm. 
as much as I like data science, I really like the core of computer science and the fundamentals. And being a young person in my career, I'm changing, I'm evolving really quickly. So I didn't want to leave myself a bit too quickly. Um, so I decided to do my master's in computer science and have my research focus on some area that you know I decided to work on. And then if I decide to go ahead for a PhD, then I'm going to specialize in something that I'm really, really, really sure I want to like build such expertise in. Yeah. Anyway, so robotics, it was such a huge learning curve. Um, I wasn't building robots, but yeah. I was writing code for robots to behave intelligently. And that was super cool. Like yeah. writing code for robots to be able to navigate in a room without a human being. You know how we have the robot vacuum cleaners and things like that. So being able to write code for that, it was so, so cool. And there was a human aspect of that, which involves like um, augmented reality, where a human is interacting with a robot and the robot is receiving feedback from the human and actually carrying out a task. Um, so I did that. I was so excited I got to do that. It was such a privilege to you know meet people in the field, meet people in the space, collaborators, super smart people. And um, while I'm not working as a robotics scientist or robotics engineer right now, maybe a few years down the line is something I might give a shot at again, but I had so much fun doing all that research. That's a very good point because it reminds me of a, one of a project that I worked on that I think it's pretty cool where it was also in AR and it was so fascinating that somebody would call and then you you would take measurements like through VR, like through AR, yeah. and then you would see the other person you can point. And I'm like, wow, this is the next tech. It was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of many challenges and a lot of learning curve. You're right about that, but it's yeah. super cool. Yes. yes. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Now. Talk to us about your community engagement. You're pretty engaged in sharing on your blog, talking to people about your journey. And also recently, I know I met you through actually the Women Developers Academy, where yeah. you're trying to get to become an expert in your in the program. Talk to us about what really inspired you to start, like let's say blogging and also sharing in the community. And why did you think a community was important? Okay, that's a very good question. So I think something that has really helped me in my life is information. So just knowing people and being able to ask them questions, not necessarily having them make decisions for me, but just having getting their insights or their perspectives or their opinions on different things. That has been very helpful to me, right, from even cho choosing this, the course I wanted to study. You know, for my undergrad, I had to speak to people who was the difference between computer science and computer engineering. My dad wanted me to do medicine. You know, so just having that information has been really helpful to me. And because of different life situations, I've not been very involved in, like, physical community activities because I kind of really got into the tech community when I left, when I left Lagos. And then there was COVID, so there weren't physical events. And then I left Lagos and I came here for grad school and grad school was very stressful. So I've always been moving, um, but it's something I'm looking forward to getting back into starting from this weekend. You know, you invited me for an event, so I'm, I'm sure for that. Huh. Um, but I think community is very important um, in one, just giving you perspective and letting you know that it is possible. I think that's something that's very underestimated. Like people feel everybody knows everything is possible, but for, for different reasons, maybe based on how they've been raised or their life circumstances, yeah. people have put limits on themselves. So just letting them know that it's possible is the first step. 
and that's what community does like seeing someone speak on a stage and she looks like you maybe she went to your school or maybe she even has your name and you're like wow one day yeah. I'd like to speak on that stage and then from letting them know it's possible I also like to share to let them know how I did it because sometimes you can know okay something is possible I'm dreaming of this thing okay how do I get there I'm in point a how do I get to point b so that's why I really try to share my story as much as I can share with the public, you know, just to you know, share my steps. Okay. And sometimes I speak to my friends or people in my network to give a second perspective because my way may not work for everybody. But if you can see a second way, third way, because everybody's paths are different. So just giving that perspective is also mm-hmm. helpful for people to plan their own path. Mm-hmm. Um I think community is also um, helpful in like building your network. If you decide to start a company, you know, people usually, you know, meet co-founders or even get jobs or even give people jobs, you know, refer people for jobs. So I think it's very helpful. Life mm-hmm. is hard. Tech is hard, but I think it's easier with people around you. That is so true. I mean, to me, I feel like that's a very important point because when you think about it, I love the perspective part because when I went to Grasshopper back in 2019, and this is the time when I said it now, just going out because I was literally drowning in my career, like just being by myself. Yeah. And then I went to this conference in the Grasshopper conference back in 2019. And I was like, wow, I didn't know that there's a conference that even brings because I actually got a scholarship as a scholar like a gold gold scholar back in 2019 and when I went there I was like wow this is amazing I can't believe that there's a conference that brings over like 20,000 women in tech in one place and then I attended some talks and then I went to the career fair and and then I went to this main stage and I looked at it and I was like wow one day I want to be there in the main stage yeah. it really inspired me yeah. guess what this year 20 so 2019 it's 2023 I went back and I was on the main stage so you're right about that <laughs> yeah. because that aspiration really does push us towards like how can we get there because I saw the women up there and to me because there's something that we also need to be aware of, because I noticed there are the people, and this is just comes from speaking to other people that would envy and say, wow, how do they get there, but not do, but not, not do anything. But yeah. there are others that they will see and admire and be like, wow, this is amazing. They've accomplished, like, how do they get there? I want to see how I can get there too. Like one day, just be up there on the stage. That's the same thing I did. I was like, wow, I'm really proud of, those women up there they're doing amazing and I was like yeah I need to go back there and when I went back as a main stage I was like okay I did a thing yes you did I mean I'm looking at you and I also have the dream of ending up on that stage someday maybe being a coach or something like you there you go yeah yeah that's how it goes inspiration after inspiration now pretty cool I want to ask you another question, which is moving back to data scientists and also machine learning and NLP. And I'm wondering, can you share a favorite personal project that you've worked on? And I mean, do you have any tips that you would also give to anybody right now, let's say in your country or other countries that want to get into the data science field? Um, let me I'll start with the last question. Sure, totally. So for people looking to get into the data science field, um, I think first again the internet i feel like at this point i'm sounding like a broken record but there are roadmaps because data science is it could feel overwhelming and it's kind of different for different like companies or fields or just roles um 
crafting a path for yourself okay this is what i enjoy doing based on what you like doing not even what people think it's cool it's cool or what you see someone else doing it should be very personal to you so this is what i like doing this is what i care about so i would like to use data and technology tools to solve problems in this area and so you craft your path you know leaning in on your strengths so someone that is very good with maybe has a health background will do better in like health and health ml and data science area as opposed to me that doesn't have a health background i mean i could learn it i could pick it up but you have that edge so why not choose it um so crafting your path personally and then learning like taking courses practicing doing personal projects not just watching the video courses you know from your bed or on your sofa but actually doing and putting in the hours to build that expertise and proficiency um then i think Applying for jobs, I know that sometimes we could get stuck in like tutorial purgatory where we're taking one course after the other and not you know, getting out there, but actually apply for jobs, you know, roles. You'd see what the interviewers want. You would learn, you know, you, you might actually just land your job, your first job, you know, without even thinking you will. Um, that's what I would say. Don't let, you know, anything limit you. You know, practice. There's a lot of open source data sets out there, open source tools pre-trained models that you can even start with if you don't have a lot of computing capacity to train your models, very large models. Um, then for me, the most exciting personal project I've done, I'm kind of torn between two, which is why I started answering the last question first, because I was trying to think. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I'll just pick one. And um, it's a personal project I did in 2020. So I did it during lockdown. It was a text classification um solution for tweets that were that was classifying tweets about fake natural disasters or real natural disasters why it's a personal why it's my favorite personal project rather is because when i had so much time to devote to that that project it was during the lockdown so i wasn't doing much you know outside or anyway so i really spent a lot of time doing that project and then um, it was the project that I also used to like secure funding for grad school. So it's sentimental to me. And I also used it in interviewing, you know, for my in my grad school, my grad school internships last year. So that was is very sentimental to me. Then finally, something that is personal to me. So I spent quite some time online on Twitter. So I consume a lot of information from Twitter. And some of them are fake. Some of them are, you know, real information. Yeah. So I think doing a building a model that could classify um, tweets based on if they were fake or real was very was very personal to me. Like I actually need that, even though that was focused on natural disasters, which is also very important because sometimes you would see pictures and people see there's there's a flood or there's a fire somewhere when that picture was from five years ago, and maybe there is no flood or maybe there's a flood, but it's more serious. But we wouldn't know because it's a fake tweet that's going around so I think that's my favorite um, personal project and one last point for that was I scoped it like I, I defined the problem I wanted to solve I found the data set I built the models I compared you know performances of different algorithms and then I wrote articles about it so I shared my results you know to the world so I think that end-to-end -end process was very important to me as well and being able to do that and it working and people like any the, the 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 feedback was really good i think that's my favorite that's not oh wow i mean i can say this in you're still in your early careers and i love that project it's pretty amazing i mean 
I have always thought how that is important, like just to capture the fake stories and fake tweets because there's so many of them circulating. So you're very true. You're very right about that. Thank you for doing that. I, I love that. I love that answer. That was pretty cool. <laughs> okay. So as we wrap up, I have a last question, which is I'm wondering, how do you stay up to date with the latest trends? Because I know technology moves very fast. And as a young person in your early careers, trying to run around the tech, how do you stay updated? Yeah, so for that, um, I try to find, I first try to find the balance between staying updated and actually filtering out noise. So I don't get overwhelmed okay. because as you said, it is always changing. There's actually always something new or fancy, maybe every other week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you're chasing all these things I don't I think it could really slow you down or distract you from what you're actually pursuing so what I try to maintain is a good balance with knowing what's happening learning what's important and then pursuing what I'm pursuing or, and I, or adding what I could to improve what I'm currently doing so I I have um I have a couple of blogs I'm subscribed to I use YouTube as well because I just like to listen to people and watch people. I listen to podcasts as well. And then there's Twitter. Then when I was back in the academic setting a bit more, um, reading journals and conference proceedings was a very good way to know what people, you know, mm -hmm. where to feel. And if you can even, if you can show up, you know, attending conferences is very helpful. You know, community events, people are there to share what they're working on, either for organizations or even personally, or just latest methods they tried and tools so that's another way you know community events conferences um so I think that's how I actually stay updated but also trying to filter out like noise and just not getting overwhelmed so yeah. that I focus on what I'm currently doing no I love that I love the fact that you're filtering out the noise because I feel like uh, there's a lot of uh tutorial loops or is it yeah. black holes where you can get in you can start in one tutorial and end up in a million others and I feel like that really wastes a lot of time too so yeah. subscribing to blogs that you really like that's also very important I like that because I think it's the same with me in Android where excuse me I subscribe to the Android newsletter and I just keep in tab with that one I don't think I follow anything else I don't think so but yes that really helps me stay up to date well thank you so much today for being part of tech talks with madonna and it's such an honor having you here and thank you so much for sharing thank you so much madonna for having me it's been a pleasure speaking with you and sharing with your audience um i hope this has been helpful to someone out there oh definitely yeah <laughs> thank you